Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to Security and Scare. This is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My guest today is a personal trainer and a TikTok star with nearly 600,000 followers, which has grown over the past four years. Known for his shirtless boy cooking with his favourite eggs, olive oil and Waitrose Wednesday videos, he's part of that new wave of home cooks. And if that wasn't enough to keep him busy, he is now the star of Discovery Plus is written in the stars. I'm delighted to welcome to Sakuninska, David Templer. Hello, mate. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. I'm a bit starstruck. And I meet a lot of celebs, <laughs> but I. it's funny because... You know, you watch EastEnders, and I meet many EastEnders actors, or Love Island, you watch that every night, and that's it. But TikTok, meeting someone like you, who I watch every single day, and I watch, you know, four or five videos a day, and you're not part of my routine, you're just, oh, it's just TikTok, I'm just going to scroll on it, oh, look, there's another David video, I'll watch it. I'm, I'm a little bit starstruck by you, I'm not going to lie. I'll take that as a good thing. I, I, do you know what, I feel the same though, I've met some people, and I'm like, oh my god, you're the guy who does the comedy videos, can we get a picture? It's funny. It's weird though, because like... We've always had celebrities and we've always known about celebrity culture. We've never had influencers. And I think Instagram influencers, usually predominantly female because they'll be models. They've obviously been doing it for like 10 years. TikTok's a very new thing still. And I still think it's still, even now, people are still working out what it is. And obviously we had the YouTube vloggers as well. But you're part of this new wave of celebrities, but as influencers. And it's like, well, who are the celebrities? Who are the influencers? And then there's this weird crossover that happens. It is strange. And I saw this firsthand the other day. So I went to a film premiere with Coco Lodge from Love Island. And I was there as a plus one. And then we did the press together. And they were like, Temptation, come get a photo. And it just seems weird to me because I'm just a, a boy who's making videos in his house. And now all of a sudden I've, I'm getting this little bit of limelight. And it is a very strange situation. And I always look at celebrities as like your A-listers, like your actors, your singers and stuff. But now the people who are well-known are the social media people. And you can see it from even like the the red carpet perspective. They want to get people who are big on social media in to see the films because they've got the reach and exposure to get that promotion to other people. So it is a real shift in what's happened. It's, it's quite strange. Although there must be a clash of kind of brand identity there because you're right. on in, So you could do a TV show and on Instagram you could have 100,000, 200,000 followers and people are following that person on Instagram because they've seen them on TV. So let's say a Made in Chelsea or a Love Island star, right? 
you're following them for their identity. You've got around 40,000 followers on Instagram. Those people predominantly are following you for you, the David Templar, the real David Templar, what yeah. you're doing every day. But then you go onto TikTok and you've got 600,000 followers, but those people following you are following you for your recipes, or for your videos, or for your fitness videos. Then you've got, well, hold on a minute, I've gone to this premiere, how much do I showcase myself? Do I go, oh, look, here's me, here's a day in the life, and I'm here because... I suspect most of your followers wouldn't want to know that side of your life. That's for Instagram. That's not for TikTok. And I know you did the Get Ready With Me videos. You did a couple and then you kind of got bored. Yeah. Um, those videos are another brand identity, but this all kind of comes under the Temptation brand. Well, So that's what I'm actually trying to figure out now because obviously the food stuff did really well over lockdown. That's how I built my audience. But funnily enough, I was on a live the other day and I said, what do you want to see? And people said, we want to know what you do. So I've sort of done a day in the life of, from a content creator perspective, the Get Ready With Me videos, like I do quite enjoy doing this. It's another aspect. I'm actually in talks with a separate platform about something fashion related. So I might put that on that platform. So it's about having these different platforms to showcase different things. So ideally it would be Instagram for sort of lifestyle stuff, the TikTok for mucking around and cooking videos, the other platform for fashion stuff. And then YouTube, you can use to sort of do day in the lifestyle. So I think there's different audiences and different platforms to satisfy different things. But ultimately, like the reason I got into this is because I wanted to monetize everything that I was doing and have fun. Like everyone always says it's so cliche, but if you do things you love, you don't work a day in your life. So I was like, what can I do every single day and look to monetize it? So I guess the food stuff does well because people eat every day. The fitness stuff has a specific audience, but people are also just interested in what you're doing as a person. Which back in the day, you'd have had separate Instagram accounts. You'd have had an account for food, an account for fashion. And you're right, now it's all kind of come to one and those platforms are very specific. So now that you can monetize on that and monetize on that specific, so for example, you worked with JD Sports and all those sportsmans right at the beginning of your career on TikTok. That was your audience. How did you start monetizing that though? Because there's one thing putting videos out. And so someone like me who's got on TikTok 2,000 followers, I put a video out the other day and it's had nearly 500,000 views. And I'm like, yes, yeah. I can make so much money on that. But I've got 2,000 followers. Yeah. And I think, is it 10,000 followers you need to start monetizing? Or 100,000? It's one of those. From the creator fund perspective. Yeah. So I'm not actually too sure without sounding big time. Like it wasn't, I had already had the following before I had to worry about how many followers and stuff it was. But that doesn't pay very well at all. That's so, what I was going to say, yeah. So basically... I filmed Miles in hospital. He had an operation recently. And when he came back round, he was quite funny when he was coming off of the, the drugs. And the video's got 40 million views on TikTok. And that's Miles Nazaire from Made in Child's Sea. Miles Nazaire from Made in podcast has been on before. But in case people don't know who Miles oh, is. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles Nazaire from Made in Chelsea. Yeah, so that got 40 million views. And I got paid 500 quid for that. When, if you think about those views and what it would have been on YouTube, you'd have got paid like tens of thousands for that volume of traffic. So the money really on TikTok comes from the brands that you work with. And because I was an early adopter of TikTok, I was put into TikTok Marketplace, which is basically, if you think about your agencies now, it's a pool of content creators who brands have access to. So when they want to do a campaign, they'll be able to see me in it and then they'll be able to pick me. So as, as you said, I did JD Sports, NFL, Subway very early on in my TikTok career. And that was literally just TikTok essentially acting as an agency the brands coming to them and saying, yeah, David will do this video for X amount of money. And that's how it started. And then obviously as my audience grew, I've, I've got management. I've had a couple of managers with, with Alpha Talent now. And then they essentially act as my marketplace, outreaching for brands to work with me. So how does your purpose change? So like you said, you got paid £500 for doing that video of Mars, right? You knew what makes a good video. Yeah. And it got picked up on Mail Online, which obviously helps it go viral. Then you're seeing those views go up and up and up. 
and your worth is £500. And you're like, well, I know I should be getting this amount, this amount. How does your self-confidence change per video, per how much you're getting paid? And then also, secondly on that, you've got on TikTok, how many views you're getting on that video? How many people are visiting your profile? How your following is changing? That must be a lot of pressure on you all around numbers and algorithms. My girlfriend broke up with me last summer and I had two big deals in the pipeline. One was with a protein brand. I didn't post for two weeks and I lost that contract. And since then, I've realized how important it is to stay relevant, stay relative, keep posting every day. So there is a lot of pressure to post, which is why I think at the end of the day, you need to enjoy the stuff that you're posting. Now, I know, well, obviously you can't film somebody coming around from an operation every day. That was a one-off, but sort of indulgent recipes, they do better than the healthier ones. So I know if I'm chasing those numbers and looking for that, what to post, but I need to stick to what I believe in and it's to educate, motivate and inspire people. And that isn't through posting brownie videos every day. So there is, it's a kind of devil and angel on the shoulder of what to do. Are you trying to satisfy your current audience or are you trying to get views to get more people in? And when you're making those brownie videos or you'll make a pasta dish and you'll be like, you know, it's a thousand calories or this is 10,000 calories or here's the perfect cinnamon buns or whatever. And you're like, this is a video for TikTok. I should be able to make some money off it. But the spending as well as that, you know, you need to buy the ingredients. You, uh, it's your time. You have to edit. You have to film it. You're doing everything. Yeah. It's a lot of investment that you've got to do as a creator, which I think a lot of people forget. Yeah, and I think that is the idea of the creator fund. It's not to give you loads of money to sort of allow you to make money off the videos you're doing. It's to put money into those videos. I think you listen to KSI or something like that, and he was like, he's made £2,000 from TikTok since he started posting. I'm not posting to make money. I'm posting to motivate, educate, and inspire people. And even when I'm posting up a video that's 1,500 calories and it's a pasta dish, at least I'm letting people know the caloric like content of that. What I'm trying to do is post consistently and post things that people want to see. So then the brands come in and say, okay, so I'm doing a lot of work with HelloFresh at the moment and it really, really satisfies with what I want to do. That's what I'm trying to achieve. I post at least 30 pieces of content a month with the aim to get two, three, four of those as paid posts. And then that makes it into an actual job for you. Obviously, I couldn't survive being a TikToker without getting paid for stuff, but it's posting consistently every day to get those four brand deals a month to make it worth your while. So do you get paid by Burford Eggs, by Philippe Oil? So there's a few companies that I work with from the start and I'll always do stuff for them. Filippo Berrio, I did a TV show with them back in 2018. They've just taken me out to Tuscany and they don't have a massive marketing budget, but what they do is they take people on this trip, they get them invested into the company and then I guess I'm an official ambassador for their oil. And because it's such a quality product, I'd use it anyway. So the fact that I've got my name associated with that is good. That's not a paid one. Bertha Browns, they just give me lifetime supply of eggs. Again, probably more in their interest than mine, but... It's, it's one of those things when I quit my corporate job, I was like, how can I, everyone looks to make more money, right? I was like, how can I offset my costs to make it affordable for me to live doing what I'm doing? So when I'm getting free stuff, as long as it's like actually adding value to me, it's fine. But at the moment, I'm working with Ghost Lifestyle, HelloFresh. I did a campaign with Bumble in the week. I've got a Love Honey one on the agenda. Like there's loads of different stuff coming up. And as you can see, they're pretty diverse, which allows me to make my account a lifestyle account as opposed to just a food count or a fitness account. It's not a gripe of mine, but I see a lot of TikTokers and they've got like one, two million followers. And I'm like, well, you're not monetizing it. So it's all well and good having a big following and people knowing who you are. But it's a business for me at the end of the day. So I want to be able to have a spin on things where I can actually monetize what I'm doing at the same time as giving back to people. But it needs to be 
like an actually sustainable business. Yeah, because you could do all the trends and all the dances. And you're right, you're not going to make any money off those dances. Mm. But what you're very clever at doing is the birth of the eggs, putting the word obviously after it so that it becomes you. You own it. I mean, I and I, I've never thought, oh, is that a commercial deal? I've always thought, oh, he just likes those eggs. Or he likes going to Waitrose on a Wednesday and he's made that into a little shtick yeah. rather than thinking these are where the corporate deals are around it. But that actually is... That is exactly what I'm doing. And it's, it's interesting to see because my Instagram following know this because they've followed me from day dot and it's a very engaged community, whereas TikTok might not get it as much. All the companies that I've worked with, I'd say 99% of them I've made free content for before I've started getting paid for it. So Muscle Food did loads of stuff for them before getting anything from them. The Waitrose Wednesday stuff, I haven't got a single penny from Waitrose. It was, can we do this Waitrose Wednesday thing and hope that they jump on the back of it and want to make it a thing. The Burford Browns, again, I was just using Burford Browns and then they started sending them to me. So there's commercial interest once you start getting those views, but unless you're a Kardashian, no one's just going to come to you and be like, promote this for me you need to give them reason to and i and this is where a lot of people fall short because they're not willing to put the time and effort in in order to do this stuff whereas i'll grind away making free content until somebody bites on it and it's funny because in the radio world i've always said you know you do your ten thousand miles of radio airtime i.e do ten thousand hours on air that will get you your first show which is why people start off in hospital radio then they do student radio community radio all unpaid then yeah. you get regional radio then you do your work experience then you get international you start at the bottom you work your way to the top then you become a presenter you've got 10 years before you become that presenter but you've got to do it and so you know this podcast we've had 175 episodes i've got to put that time in every single week to get this podcast going you yeah. know obviously this isn't like stephen bartlett's life of a ceo podcast and i've not got that following i haven't got that money to back it but what it is is that consistency and with tiktok like you said you do 30 videos a month it's all about consistency and that's what is key here yeah and i'm not going to say who it is and i've actually said this before but throughout lockdown i pt'd a pretty high profile person for free because i wanted to and i saw um benefit in the relationship i did that for the best part of a year i was getting up at seven o'clock on a tuesday morning to go and PT in Hampstead Heath and it was freezing and then it got to the point where I was like I can't I actually can't do this anymore because I was going back to work whatever and now they're like they see the benefit in that and it's what it's it's one of my paid clients now so th I think that's the thing that people aren't willing to do they give up too early before it's, it's seeing past the benefit of just financial gain and seeing what you can have from building relationships with people. Completely, because what's £50, you know, it, it's nothing. In the grand scheme of things, I know it's a lot and cost of living, whatever, Yeah. but in the grand scheme of things, at £50 versus one social media story, you can't put a price on it. Exactly. You spoke about the event that you went to, Philippe Oil, uh, which I watched on your Instagram and it looked amazing. How did you find that mentally? Because I went to an event the other day and I was alone and I was like, right, this is a trial for me going to a wedding of when I don't know anyone. And I can imagine as an influencer, I know you have a lot of influencer friends and you know, you're here, there and everywhere. But I can imagine it's quite isolating and lonely because you film on your own. Then you go to these events, you don't know anyone, but you've been invited. So you go to Tuscany on your own. How did you find that whole experience? Do you know what? And this is funny because everyone's been like, oh, your trip to Tuscany looked amazing. And don't get me wrong, it was fantastic, but it was very, very much work. Like it was incredible because it was a jam-packed agenda, but it was like, you're doing this, that, 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 straight into anything else. And these aren't with your friends. This isn't with no, your I'd, girlfriend. No, I'd never met this anybody. This literally work. Right? I'd never met anybody there. But I'm a people person. I like getting to know people. So as soon as I got there, I was chatting away to people. I was sat next to one of the people on the plane who was out on the trip with me. I mean, for me, I love doing stuff like that. And it was a funny one for me because 
most of them had met each other before or most of them were in the food content creation space. I was the only one who had sort of done TV and that was how I bought my relationship with Filippo Berrio. So it was like an outsider trying to break into people who already had relationships and friendships. For me, it wasn't so bad, but I could imagine if you were more of a timid person, it, it would have been quite daunting having to learn all about olive oil, create content, meet people. But I, I actually found it like a, a fascinating experience. So there's no loneliness when it comes to events and things like that. I don't that. think you have time like... to get lonely. But no, I, I know what you mean. I've gone to events on my own. You sort of feel like a bit of a lemon just stood there and it's like, how do I go and talk to somebody like... Do I get a drink? It is. It is. That's from an events perspective. I make sure that I keep up the one-to-one PT in or group classes because it is quite lonely making content in your room on your own. I do four classes a week, literally just so I've got face-to-face human interaction because you can send yourself crazy. I just did like eight hours on my laptop two days ago and then your eyes start going all weird. I went to speak to somebody and I felt like a zombie. So I can imagine like YouTubers who don't see anybody, it is a very isolating and lonely experience. And it's funny because you're all in that same circle. So all YouTube, you know, back in the YouTuber days, you had the Zoellas with the uh, Alphys and then you've got Saffron Barker with Jeb Barker. Jeb Barker's going out of Imogen Crib. I know way too much about YouTube and influence <laughs> the world. And it is like a little bubble. It's a little bubble. And that influence world, it must be a little bubble. There's only so many of you who've got over that 500,000 followers. And it's funny because you are all at the same events. And I've been to many events where there's lots of TikTok stars there. And I'm like, that's their world. And you're right. If you come into that and you don't know anyone, it is scary. And it's not like anyone is there to do the icebreaker. And it's also like, well, what is your purpose? Because you could go, yeah, I'm a content creator yeah i make film videos about food or lifestyle and you're like okay cool yeah i'm, I'm on the biggest tv show in the world and i've got all these because everyone who's famous and I, I don't know if you know i work in showbiz and i meet a lot of famous people and all they want to do is tell stories about when they were the most famous so you know in the 1980s and the 1990s when they did that show and how they had all those stories and that's what still carries them whereas you're in this moment it's only your relationship with each video. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. So, and it is funny because you meet so many different content creators who really are different. I'd like to think in my group of friends, we don't care about what anyone's doing. It's cool. That's your job. But when I meet people, I want to meet the person. Mm. I want to know how you got into doing what you're doing. I want to know what you were doing before you were doing what you're doing. I don't care that you've done a video that's got 50 million views or whatever. And And do some people want to be that? Do some people go, oh, well, I've had 50 million views in that video. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, I see some people and I'm like, look, you're not just a TikToker, but like, you're not any different from anybody else. Just because you're getting papped because you've got a few million views on, like, all of your videos. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're not better than anybody, you know? But I feel like because a lot of... So what I've done is I've sort of been working in this space for six or seven years and what I'm doing now is a product of the hard work that I've put in. But some people, whether they're good looking or they've got lucky or like they've they've been methodical and got an actual thought process behind their content, for whatever reason, have blown up in a short space of time and they think that that makes them better than other people or they're doing something super amazing. I want to know who the person is, not like who your online character is. Correct, correct. Let's talk written in the stars. Yes. Okay, so we know that you hang around with a lot of the Made in Chelsea and Love Island stuff, but now this is your time to shine. Why written in stars? It almost wasn't. So I actually got cast for Married at First Sight at the beginning of this year. UK. UK, yeah. And they told me that they'd get back to me in two weeks. Four weeks went on, six weeks went on, eight weeks went on, didn't hear anything back. But I'd already not committed to work during that period because they said you're filming from May to July or something like that. Anyway, I actually had a little falling out with the producers. Um, and then I was like, right, I'm not doing TV anymore. Like, I don't need to do it. I've got my own following. I've built up myself. Why do I need to go on a TV show to do this? And then literally within a week of that conversation happening, a guy got in contact about this new show called Written in the Stars. And I don't want to be known for a TV show or I don't want to be Miles's friend from Made in Chelsea. I've worked so hard to get to where I am. I want people to know me off my own merit. But I've really struggled to find a relationship. Like over the last couple of years, my past relationship broke down because of what I do on social media and like her thinking that I was doing it for validation. And I've also had a lot of people try and get close to me in order to get to Miles or I've had people to try and boost their own social media following through knowing me. And it's just, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. So I thought by doing a TV show, I could find somebody who they can meet me in an environment where there's no distractions, but also the kind of person that I want to get with is the kind of person who would put themselves on a TV show. They're obviously in the same like mind frame as me. So that was the rationale for doing it. And then also it's a brand new concept. It's all about astrology, which hasn't been done before. There's 12 different star signs in a house in Greece. Like it all just sounded amazing to me. So I was like, let's just give it a go. Well, it's the same as Mad at Fireside in the fact of you've got these experts who, if they're rather than taking it by application forms or by your star signs, you should meet that right person. Yeah. That should be the person you're going to marry because you've actually got people doing it for you. Yeah. How did you find the experience? The experience for me was honestly amazing. And I've had a friend who did Love Island, a couple of friends who've done Love Island this year. And 
just chatting with them, it's like it's a once in a lifetime opportunity that you probably won't ever, ever get again. There's a small percentage of people in the whole world who actually get to do this. And I just think for me, I'm on my phone constantly. My screen time is horrendous. Going into that house for four or five weeks, whatever it was, and having no contact with the outside world, you're truly present and you're on this journey with other people who are all trying to find love. It, it's like, I don't know, it just felt like a, a fairy tale sort of thing. But it was an amazing, amazing experience. And I think astrology means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I think what most people see it as is horoscopes. So you'll read the column in the sun or whatever it is, and you'll be like, oh, this, this is this. And then it's generalised, so it could apply to anybody. But what this goes into is far deeper. So you learn about your rising, your Mars, your Venus, everything. And whether you believe in astrology or not, I learned so much about myself as a person and it kind of justified who I am. Because again, in previous relationships, people have been like, oh, how come you're X, Y and Z when you're filming and then you want to chill this time? And I'm like, that is just a human, isn't it? Like, you know, sometimes you don't feel like doing your job and you've got to get on camera and you've got to like pretend to be okay. But I think because of my different signs that I've got in different aspects, it kind of told me who I was. It justified how I act and who I am. Horoscopes are really interesting because you're right, you have to really believe in it. And you can read it in a newspaper and it can be very much the case of, they're talking to me, that's exactly how I'm feeling. Or mm. you can go, nah, that wasn't me, it's not right. When it comes to doing horoscopes for a TV show, though, there's that kind of full fall there that you have to believe it. You know, it's you're on this journey. What did you learn about yourself on that time? So I don't think you have to believe in it. And even in some of the trailers leading up to it, someone says, look, I don't believe in astrology. But I put myself into the experience just saying I'm going to chuck everything into it. What did I learn? I, I think people are very complex and you don't need to justify how you are and who you are all of the time. And whether you believe in astrology or not, I saw it as sort of like a therapy session or like psychology session in the way that you're rising is how you present yourself to a room. And I've got an Aries rising, I think, which means basically I'll meet the room with my energy or I'll enter a room with my energy. And then depending on how people receive it, you sort of match the energy of the people around you. And I think that is very much me. So whether it's got anything to do with astrology or not, it was a, it was a trait of my personality. And then there was just so many things that I, I was told throughout. And it kind of was like, actually, yeah, that is who you are and that is what you do. And it kind of gave me... I don't know, it kind of made me feel like it was justified how I act. Just as I say, from previous relationships, things were questioned and I sort of didn't have the answers to anything. But humans are complex and whether it's to do with astrology or not, like that was my way of understanding who I am. We're always trying to be perfect. We're always like, oh yeah, I'm the perfect partner. I'm the best boyfriend you would ever have because I do this, this and this. And we do have our faults. We all have our faults. We never really like to admit to our thoughts. Where what do you think your thoughts are? And it's especially as you said before about the validation with numbers and your following and putting everything on social media. Because I film everything. I film my family the whole time for my own laughs. Where are your thoughts? Do you think? I'm very very defensive, and it came up a lot during that. I'm very aware, but my initial reaction is to argue back. But then I'm very good at thinking of the bigger picture, having some time to reflect and then going back into a conversation and talking about it. And I think the biggest thing that I learned from this experience is there's not always a resolution. Sometimes things are conversational and sometimes there is a solution, but you need to have that conversation. And then sometimes it's two people don't agree on one thing. Other times it's there needs to be a solution from what's happening. But yeah, I'm 
I, and and, I'm, and it's one of those things you can't change overnight. I'm still a defensive person. It's, it's one of those mechanisms. It's part of you. Yeah, it's part of me. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I'm aware of now and I try to be less defensive. Yeah, but it's hard. It's hard not to be defensive because if you're not going to fight your battles, who's going to do it for you? Mm. So what what happens that you just get pushed over and your boundaries that you have that you've set because it's all the reason you're defensive is because it's the boundaries you've put up around yourself so what you're supposed to let your guard down and everyone just walks all over you well that's not fair is it yeah I, so I actually had one therapy session before and I, and I think it came from doing gymnastics so I was a GB gymnast at the age of 15 and obviously it's a single person sport and everything you're doing is either criticised or scrutinised. So you need to be the best of the best. And I was I was a very good gymnast. So you get used to hearing probably more negative stuff about you and then you've got to do something about it in order to improve. As you say, you get walked, walked over if, if you don't back yourself. But I also think, taking it back to a social media perspective, we've got these social media platforms that make it so easy for people to comment on what you're doing or the way you look. I respond to those because I'd say a lot of the time people think there's robots behind it and by me saying whatever I respond to it with, it makes them realise that it's an actual person behind it. You're going to get that small percentage of people who are just out there to be horrible and they will keep going with their negative comments. But I think by responding to stuff, you can sort of tell that person that, look, this is me. Remember, I'm a, a real person. Do you get affected by those comments? Yeah, you're a liar if you don't. Like, there's no way anybody can take anything and just be like, eh, it is what it is. Actually, no, some, some things just, I'm, I laugh at because it's actually a, a funny response, but... Yeah, it's inevitable that things that people say to you in that space are going to at least have, even if it's only for a few seconds, it will have an impact on you. It's hard. It's hard. And fame is hard. But you're going through it. You've done Written in the Stars. It's on Discovery Plus now. Where's next in TV world? Now you've ticked this off of the box. That's Discovery done. Where are we going next? So from an early age, I've always wanted to be a TV presenter. And then I went down the route of going to university, got a marketing degree, and then sort of that was it. Then as social media became more prevalent, I was like, actually, I can I can do this. And now, yes, I want to be a TV presenter, but I'm presenting in my own right on my own social mm. media channel. And I'm getting more views than a lot of the shows that are on TV at the moment. That is still a dream of mine. I would love to do that. Discovery owned the Food Network, and I was linked with the Food Network prior to covid Funnily enough, there was a there was an article in the New York Times talking about naked cooking, saying it was safer because you're more wary of what you're doing in the kitchen, but also you're more health conscious because you've got your top off, you're going to eat healthier food. So they were going to try and tie the shirtless chef stuff that I do in with that, and it just nothing came to fruition from it. So I'd love to pick up something like that. And my ideal job would be to be learning something as I'm presenting it, whether it's from a fitness or food perspective. I'd love to do something like that at some point. I'm actually just starting to change my content ever so slightly to more presenting stuff. And I did an event with Bumble this week because it was all about astrology. But yeah, I mean, I'd never say no to more TV, but it's quite restrictive, especially because I filmed this five or six months ago and you can't talk about what's happened on the show. So it does just feel like things are on hold a little bit, although there could be big opportunities off the back of it. And obviously I went to find love. It is just a little bit restrictive. And as I say, with my own channel, with my own platform, I can sort of do whatever I want. Well, exactly. You own that content mm. and also you're not having someone in your ear telling you, stand here, stand there, say this, say that. Yeah. So Married at First Sight obviously approached you. You didn't get on that. You then do Written on the Stars. Would you go back to Married at First Sight now if they came to you again? You'll have to wait and find out and see what happens in this one. Might not be a possibility. Oh, okay, fine. So you're not going to tell us in your relationship or not. 
So therefore, the next question is made in Chelsea. Obviously, you know Miles. They like to bring someone as a friend in. Yeah. Miles came in as a friend to James Taylor, although they weren't friends. They just met at a business uh, event, which I love. It's yeah. on the Playtime podcast. Miles gives the best exclusives to Made in Chelsea on the Playtime podcast. Go and check it out. And obviously, listen to his episode of my podcast, Good Things Good, that he did before. Um, but you're friends of Miles. Have you ever had that conversation to get put in this show? This is a funny one because it gets asked all the time. And I think because Miles and I do quite a lot of content on TikTok... They're always like, David, when are you going to go on Made in Chelsea? Oh, this is going to be a long answer. So I know Miles and a lot of the Made in Chelsea people through Tristan Phipps. So Tristan and I met travelling in 2016 before he was on the show. Fast forward a few years, there was a period of time where I was, well, I actually ended up moving in with Tristan, but there was a there was a period where there was going to be a few of us who were going to live together and most of them were all made in Chelsea. So there was a conversation with the producers to say, look, we're all living together. We're going to be filming in the house can everyone be part of the show? To which I was told that little chav is getting nowhere near the screens. So obviously I'm not the correct fit for it. It's made in Chelsea. They all speak very posh. Like I don't even know if it was an opportunity. And then sort of I've been on nights out towards the early stage of hanging around with those guys and was told you're not one of us. Like you don't fit in. So from that perspective, I'm like, I'm all, I've always got like, no, I don't. Well, because I didn't even say I wanted to do it anyway. To be told you're not doing something without even wanting to do it. I was like, I don't want to do that. But Miles genuinely is like, I've, I've got a best friend from when I was five years old. Other than that, it's Miles. And I just feel like he hasn't got any true friends on the show. And that might annoy a few people by saying it, but I've seen some stuff in the edit and I'm just like, I wish I was there to back him up and also tell the proper story. Not I see things four months, five months before they happen. And then having to watch your close mate on TV go through some stuff that you don't think is the correct way of like showing it. I just feel like I wish I could do more. So we're talking about the recent episodes that had Ella and Yasmin and he was talking to Ella and then apparently he asked Yasmin out for a drink the next day. Yeah, but that didn't happen. And like him and Yasmin have got like a very friendly, jokey relationship. And yeah, I don't know. That just didn't happen. And like... What that's... what did happen? Because unless you put it on record and, and unless Mars puts it on record, we've all got... This potential of Mars. Mars is seen as the baddie. Mars yeah. is seen as the one that's still chasing after Maver all these years later when she's pregnant and she's with James. Unless someone puts on record, we're only going to ever see the edited way. Yeah, and that the whole Maver thing is annoying because that isn't the case either. And I think it's actually very brave of Miles doing therapy sessions on TV. But again, it's so intrusive. Like, how can you have a therapy session when you've got a camera in your face and... I don't know, just the whole thing, like, from that perspective, I get that it's good TV. And actually, there was a part of me that was like, actually, Miles, what you're doing is good because it's showing that you're talking to people, you're talking to a therapist, and it's good to open up and men should be talking. But at the same time, in, in the in the environment that's happening, it, it just isn't the right thing to do. And yeah, on, on the Yasmin thing, they're friends. Like, they're, they're flirty probably with each other. But yeah, that, that's that's what it is. And I, I just think because things also seem like they're happening in such a close proximity... Even if things like that did happen, it's not as if he was like, right, bye, Ella. I'm taking this girl on a date now. And I think that just paints his character not in the best light. And he's he's so respectful of women from my perspective. Well, also, Yasmin has 115,000 followers on TikTok. In her own right, she's an influencer. She's coming to the show. She's a cast member of the show. She's not just there for Mark. She's yeah. there for the future. You know, they're all in Bali together. She was there hanging out with Sam, uh, Sam Prince. And therefore, it isn't just one storyline. 
There are many storylines of yeah. it. You said that he hasn't got many friends on the show. Who is he associating himself with that aren't his friends and why? Not that they're not his, like, I, I care for him. Yeah, and you know that when, like, I share all his playtime podcast stuff, I watch all his episodes so I know what's going on. I feel like people who act as friends around him aren't giving him the support that you would expect if they are these besties online, you know? And obviously he associates with who, like Julius and Digby and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, I really like the two of them, but there's a difference from having these TV friendships and actual friendships. And I think one of the reasons why I wouldn't do it is because I wouldn't want to be part of that circle with Miles because I feel like I'm his outlet. And even last night, we were on the phone for about an hour and a half on FaceTime with him just venting his frustrations about certain things. And I was able to show my opinion on it because I'm not in in mm. that small community. So, yeah, I mean, back to the would I go on Chelsea question. One, I don't even think it's a thing. I don't know if they'd want me on there or like whether I'd be accepted. But also, I think it's nice just having that distance from the show so you can really support your actual friends. Well, you're in it, but you're not in it. Yeah. You know? And from from my perspective anyway, this it's not just made in Chelsea. The Chelsea circuit is so small and incestuous. Like I've had... Um, experience in the past where i've been talking to somebody and then they've been dming miles as well and it's you don't you don't want to create a relationship if one of your other friends has already been chatting to the person so from from that perspective it is better to just broaden your fields a little bit and not get so sucked in and also it's okay to be platonic friends you know miles and emily have got an amazing friendship yeah. and it's funny because emily's just got into a new relationship and it's almost like from a, a production point of view or a press point of view they're already trying to ruin that relationship by saying that Mars and Emily are together. There must be something secret going on. And it's like, well, why can't you just let a platonic friendship happen? Yeah, yeah I, I think I think in general, people are scared to see boys and girls be friends with each other because we love a storyline, don't we? We love hearing that people are more than just friends or whatever. And Emily's boyfriend, Jordan, is an absolute legend as well. And him and Miles are super, super close. That, that is what it is. It's, it's a friendship between the two of them. Uh, and yeah, I know that she's very, very happy with Jordan. David Templer, we can see you on Discovery Plus. It's written in the stars. It's hosted by Clara Amphrey from Radio 1. It's all about your horoscopes. I'm a Scorpio. I am fire. And I'm coming to get you. You've been listening to Sikini and with me, Johnny. So if you like what you heard, please do go and rate the podcast on Spotify and iTunes. It's a five-star rating. On iTunes, add a review as well. And then share it on your social media at Johnny Seifert. At Sikini and Secure Podcast is where you can find me. And just remember, it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 